This podcast may contain adult humor, foul language, and graphic nudity. Please be advised. In other words, you're probably going to have a good time. Welcome to the nest. I look real good today. 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 All right, welcome back to another episode of From the Nest. I'm feeling really good today, TJ. Can't ask for a better week. Great weekend at Songster Soldiers. How are you doing today? I'm good, Colin. It was. Uh, Songster Soldiers was a blast as always. Puts on a great show. Absolutely. TJ, before we get into our episode and our guest this week, who do we got as a sponsor? We have our good buddy Greg Holton and Holton Meats. Um, if you listen to episode number three, we talk all about Greg and his great products. Um, the Chop House Steak Burgers, the Bradshaw Ranch Thick and Juicy Burgers, the Party Pack Beef Patties, and the Extra Value Patties. You can find them all at Deerberg's, Schnooks, Walmart, Gordon Food, and Aldi's. Um, we ask everybody to support Greg and the, the great Holton Meat products because he does so much for Columbia and supports all of the sports and uh, charities and it's nice to pay uh, pay people back. So uh, go out and get yourself some Holton Burgers. Yeah, absolutely, TJ. You know, we try to get our drink of the week on theme for our guest or our topic of the week. And so we kind of get a little clue of who we got this week. Uh, what's what's the name of this drink of the week? Well, the, in honor of our guest today, uh, Fire Chief Mike Rediger, Mike Rodiger, sorry, um, we have uh, a little Fireball and Dr. Pepper, and uh, Mike's enjoying a nice glass of water. So we thought uh, Fire and Water would be a good uh, a good choice this week. TJ, how's that drink taste? It's very refreshing, Colin. It's very refreshing. I was nervous. I was nervous. We, we might have a week that wasn't refreshing. No, no. So far, you've been uh, making the right choices. All right. We, we talked a little bit about Songs for Soldiers, TJ. Um, really great crowd. Great event. I mean, this was one of my favorite years. Travis Tritt, what a guy. I mean, he just put on a hell of a show. Dustin just did a phenomenal job this year. Yes. Uh, maybe it's because we talked to him and, and learned a little bit more about the, the history of it and, and um, the thought that he put into it. But uh, this one did feel a little more personal. But uh, it was. It was a great show. I had football Friday night, so I didn't get to go Friday night. But Saturday night was great with the uh, the paratroopers and the concert. And uh, once again, it seemed like it went uh, flawless. If you haven't seen it, go on the Songs for Soldiers Facebook page, and they post a video of the guy coming down, the paratrooper. I mean, they have a little X there. It's probably four by four. If he doesn't land on that exact center, I mean, it was incredible. Yeah, and it was really neat to see the crowd below and the baseball field and, and the stage and everything and him hovering over everybody. And you could hear Dustin's band uh, playing Thunderstruck underneath him. It was a really neat video. Yeah, it really was. I got to talk to Dustin a little bit Saturday night afterwards, and, I mean, he was super appreciative of everybody. And it was probably, what, 11 o'clock at night, and he was still – the Dustin that you saw that you guys listened to, just full of energy. I mean, he does not slow down whatsoever. Yeah, and the stuff he says between the bands, the videos, I mean, he had kind of mentioned uh, how much he puts into the videos. But uh, I tell you, it's an emotional night, and it means so much. We had a couple, I had a couple guys from WorkCo, and, uh, man, they, they had no idea what uh, what all entailed and, and how 
personal and, and how neat it really was. It, it's it's awesome. Yeah. And TJ, I got a little confession to make. You know, we have not put out an episode for two weeks now, and we've had some technical issues, and I think that's that's my fault. You know, we're working through it. You know, this week I think that we got everything figured out. Um, we did tape us doing the fish video with Greg Holton, that fermented Swedish fish. I I tell you what, we'll post it with this episode, but viewer discretion is advised. I can't even watch it. Yeah, it uh, it was disgusting. Um, you know, you watched I, I watched numerous uh, the videos ahead of time, and I think I psyched myself out a little bit. I was really nervous to do it, and uh, it was everything that uh, that those videos cracked up to be. It was disgusting. The smell, the taste, um, you gagging at anybody else gagging, Greg <laughs> getting up and. Oh, it was it was gross. It was fun. Yeah, you guys will have to watch about three quarter three quarters of the way through the video. Greg just does something that just sets me off. Uh, but make sure you look out for that. And TJ, we gotta stop talking about it because I'm starting to get nauseous <laughs> just thinking about it here. All right, before we get into our guest, I want to talk about another one of our sponsors that we got, Renew Mind and Body Wellness. I mean, these girls do absolutely incredible work. Um, it's female-owned company. They do mental health counseling, massage therapy, functional diagnostic nutrition, float therapy, fitness classes, infrared saunas, the foot detox, the hydrotherapy lounger. I mean, there is something for everybody. I mean, Chief, you've you've gone there a couple times, haven't you? Yeah, I've had massages there a couple times. I did the float, which was really interesting, um, relaxing. So, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. And same thing as always, guys. Mention that you're from the nest. You guys get 10% off those float, the foot detoxes, the saunas, and the uh, hydro bed loungers. So keep that in mind and go ahead and check those girls out. And then hopefully we'll have them on here pretty soon. They are, they're definitely a riot. And uh, we'll, we'll get them on here so you guys can hear from the source themselves. Well, I guess uh, that uh, leads us right into the man of the hour. Our boss man, um, Fire uh, Chief of Columbia, uh, Mike, how you doing? Welcome to the Nest. I'm good. I thank you, Colin and TJ, for having me on here tonight. Um, anxious to talk about the fire department, educate the, hopefully the citizens and what we do up there as a department. Um, bring a little light as to um, all the effort that the firemen put in and how we try to make this community as safe as possible. I think there's a lot of... Uh, I mean, like I know before I got on. I mean, I had no clue what you guys did. Um, I'm sure that everybody probably thinks we just, uh, you know, get together uh, three times a month on our on our fire calls, and they think that's about all the time that we put into it. And uh, I, I'm glad you're here to kind of uh, put uh, put those rumors to rest. Yeah, the guys up there are just phenomenal. I mean, over the years since I've got in, and even before I I was on. I mean, there was so much time and effort they put into this community to make it safe, um, and our neighboring communities with helping them out also. So a lot of time and effort from everybody involved. Yep, so tell us a little bit about the fire department as a whole. Fire department, um, we are actually one fire department now. When it first started out, um, the City of Columbia Fire Department was actually chartered back in 1898. Uh, this year in 2023, we're celebrating our 125th anniversary. Uh, the rural fire department was chartered in 1939. Our, our combined district uh, covers uh, right at 82 square miles. Um, 
Um, a lot of district to cover. We actually go through other, other fire di departments, districts to get in and out of ours at times. Um, it was that way. We were two separate fire departments, uh, city fire department, rural district, um, all along up until uh, we had two separate boards reported to the city council and had a budget up there. We also had a three-person board that governed all the rural uh, area and all of the, everything that we function off of is strictly off of the your real estate taxes we don't get any kind of sales tax or anything there we do try for for grants here and there through uh through the government through fema and such uh illinois american water and others uh, uh try for grants to, get to to help save the community uh taxpayer money and stuff um, but in 2011 we went to the uh, citizens of columbia and said, would you like to join the Rural Fire Protection District? And over, overwhelmingly, 76% of them said, yeah, we would like to, like to do that. Uh, so now we have one fire department, a district that covers 82 square miles, both the city and the rural. Um, we, care, um, we have a five-person five board, and they handle all the, all the money that comes in, uh, the expenses, expenditures. They're responsible for the policies. Uh, that go on in the fire department, um, how we operate it up there. Um, we work very well with the f police and EMS uh, dispatchers uh, in Columbia. So yeah, it's a, it's been a, it's been a, a long and proud heritage. We've had probably going back to the 1930s with our, our meeting minutes. Um, going through those, I have a list of all the men in, that have been in the fire department. And we have a little bit over 190 men have served in the fire department since 1930. Um, if you serve in the fire department for 15 years or more, you are granted honorary fire, honorary service of a fireman. You retire as an honorary retired fireman. We also have a number of firemen in the community, uh, or I shouldn't say firemen. We have individuals that that help donate and help our fire department run at peak performance, Lure Brothers has done so much work for the fire department and talk about, you know, with helping us out with equipment, uh, maintenance uh, and repairs. We'll talk a little bit about later when we talk about uh, the boat and some of the other equipment. Um, but just numerous people in the community that have helped us and uh, we give those an honorary fireman status and they, they're invited to all of our, our events and such. So. Those guys do help with fish fries and, and all of our uh, miles races and bingos and I mean it's those guys are everywhere you, every time you turn around they're yeah. they're helping us it, 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 you, all you have to do is ask one time and they're there and 90 percent of the time you don't even have to ask I mean they're always around helping yeah I mean so many of our events it, it we're a 42 member uh, department uh, when I first got on a department in 1981 we had 30 firemen uh, we went up to 32 and then 36 and 40 and now we're at 42 active firemen um, and a lot of the events take, they're spread over a number of days and you need a lot of people to, to do these things like the fish fries and such, Columbia Days and, and that, uh, because what the public doesn't understand, you know, the Columbia Days is a two-day event, Friday and Saturday, but it takes us a full day on Thursday prepare, and then Sunday is a full day of cleaning up, uh, cleaning fryers, taking fish stand on and such, so these guys the, that help us out that are not firemen, they come up and help us. It is just tremendous. We seriously definitely thank them for all their help. Yeah. Chief, you had mentioned that you've been on since October of 81. Let, let's talk a little bit about you and your, your career in the fire department. Yeah, I became a fireman in, like I said, October 1st of 1981. Danny Joe Callis um, and myself, we got on the same date. 
and uh, uh, Mick Stefanar, kids with us because um, I said I took his spot in the fire department when he retired after 15 years and he jokes that hey it took two of you guys to replace me as one so <laughs> here's to you Mick. Uh, but yeah I, I started in, in, uh, in, in 1981. Um, I was lucky to be I was a secretary for one year uh, 1983 and then in 1985 I uh, was elected a second assistant chief. Was there for three years. Uh, uh, became first assistant chief, um, was there for 11 years, and in 1999 when Al Holden stepped down, uh, I was honored to become the chief of the fire department, and I've been there ever since. Um, a lot of good predecessors for me. Uh, Francis Frummy uh, was chief when I became uh, a member, and uh, when I became an assistant chief, he gave me my best words of wisdom that I can ever give to anybody in any organization that you're in. He said, leave it better than when you found it. So, uh, I mean, we had great heritage in our department. TJ, you had mentioned earlier, um, you know, a lot of people think that we just go to fire calls and that's it. That's all we do. So, Chief, what, what are other things do we do besides just go to fire calls? I mean, I'm, we'll get to the fundraisers here in a little bit, but besides the fire calls and besides the fundraisers, what, what does the fire department do? I mean, the big thing behind when you get to a call, you can't do it function correctly if you don't have the training. And our, our guys in our department, we have 42 firemen. Currently, we have 41 of those that are certified firefighters in the state of Illinois. The other gentleman, he's, a, he's one of our probationary firemen, and he's going to school now to get his certification. But like I said, 42. Um, we have a number of firemen that, are, that have gone above and beyond that training and certification. Um, we've got guys that are trained in hazardous materials uh, mm -hmm. operations where they... If we have an incident, they're, they're trained to, to go in and handle, handle the bad stuff, if you call it. Um, we uh, have guys trained in ropes, with, uh, technical rescue, rope rescue, water rescue, ice rescue. Um, we have guys that, that, are, that are certified instructors that can, that, that can help teach us. We've had uh, one gentleman that actually has his, his bachelor's degrees in, degree in fire science. Um, just, just a lot of different topics that, that guys have and kudos to them, you know, we have a great group of guys that want to train, that want to learn. Um, every Tuesday, we're up at the firehouse, usually starts about, we get there about 6, start training about 6.30, and usually goes to about 9 o'clock. Um, but first meeting in the month, we usually have our business meeting, and uh, uh, we eat up at the firehouse. Um, and then uh, second Tuesday is check trucks and make sure everything's operational on it, and do some driver training, and then the other Two or three Tuesdays a month, it's out training on various topics from uh, structures to to ropes and ladders to everything that you know hoses. Every every piece of equipment we got has to be tested throughout the year, whether it's a pump, an SCBA, uh, a uh, uh, the hose, the ladders. Everything has to be tested, so we do a, we make sure all that stuff's done. And then Illinois Department of Labor has a a. Uh, set of guidelines that governs what has to be done, what kind of training you have to do, whether it's structure training. Uh, uh, we do a majority of our calls right now are, uh, uh, we have a lot of accidents for whatever reason in Columbia and, and, and around our area. Uh, so we do a lot of extrication training uh, to help uh, get individuals out of the car and such. But just uh, a lot of training goes on and, and uh, we're, we, uh, we have a lot of guys that have, have gone up and beyond and, and are well-trained department. And I know a lot of people probably just think the fire department is putting the, the wet stuff on the hot stuff, 
but uh, there's so much more to it than that. I mean, like you were talking about the rope training and the, the water rescue. I mean, I, I'm sure people read on Facebook or, you know, word of mouth the, the accidents and the things that happen. But, I mean, there is a ton of other stuff just besides a fire. I mean, fire is a per, a barely a percentage of what we do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've done, I mean, we do, uh, we've had boot drives for muscular dystrophy. We've had fish fries. We've, we, uh, um, we have a... a Fundraisers every year, whether it's a mouse race or a or a crazy bowl or a, a, a glow bingo or something that that help benefits our scholarship program. We've uh, uh, started a scholarship program back in 2005, and in uh, 18 years we've given away about $140,000 to high school seniors in our in our district um, to help them uh, further their education. Um, they do not have to be going into the the first responder, fire, police, EMS field, they can do on any field that they want. We just try and help them a little bit. Um, and the citizens of Columbia have, have uh, supported us and backed us tremendously and helped us, helped us, helped us do these things. Uh, so, you know, again, we couldn't do anything we did without, without our, our community's backing and support. Yeah. Um, Chief, one of the things that you had mentioned that you want to talk about is our ISO rating. What in the hell is that? ISO stands for Insurance Services Organization, and ISO is a rating system. They're a company that, that goes out and rates uh, fire departments, city water systems, communications, our dispatching system, how they dispatch us, how they receive calls and such, and when emergencies happen. Um, and when I became a, a fire chief, we were in ISO Class 6, with a 1 being the best and a, a, a 10 being the worst. Um, with a number of improvements, the help from our, our, our fire district and such. Uh, they're backing with getting us uh, updated equipment, the guys doing their training. We were able to go from a 6 to a 5 um, back in 2011-2012 uh, time frame. Uh, in 2015 they came in and we went to a uh, we went to a 5 in 2015 and then in uh, 2018 they came in again and we went to a class four, and now this year, starting July 1st, we are in ISO class three. Um, and what that means is, is there are only, there are less than 10% of the fire departments in the whole United States that are class three or, or below, uh, one being the best. St. Louis City, one uh, they were a class one fire department. And um, so we are a class three, and as a volunteer organization, that, that, that's quite an achievement, and we're very proud of that. Um, ISO sets your, uh, most insurance companies set your insurance rates off of this rating. Um, so we're doing our best that we can on our side to make it not only safe, but help to lower your, your homeowner's rates also for your insurance. And for a group of 42 guys, all volunteer, I mean, yeah. nobody's paid, not you, nobody. Um, that, I mean, that's, that's a pretty big feat. I mean, and you know, uh, we have a darn good fire department. I mean, uh, the guys know their stuff. We get the job done. And, uh, you know, no offense to, to neighboring um, departments, but the, the numbers that they have showing up, uh, I mean, a lot of neighboring departments are struggling to keep the personnel up to, up to task. Yeah, we, we'll help any neighboring department, and they will do, they'll do the same to us. We have mutual aid agreements with all of them, on, and uh, they're – all the neighboring departments are a great group of guys. They're all volunteers, just like we are. Seventy-five percent of the of the firefighters in the United States are volunteer fire firemen. A lot of people don't understand. They think 
you know, we get a lot of people moving into the community here, and 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 they think, well, it's a paid department because they moved from St. Louis, as they moved from the from the Claytons or wherever the case may be, and they think, well, they only used to, you know, paid fire departments. Well, we are a volunteer fire department. We all have real jobs, I guess you'd call it, um, that that help support our families and. And I don't want to say we do this as a hobby, but because the guys take it very seriously for their training, and and uh, I mean, up you know we're on call 24 by 7. We carry pagers, um, and it, it's phenomenal to, like I said, the guys that are current, the guys in the past. I mean, in the past, you'd see guys coming up there, <clears throat> up at the old firehouse where they they show up in the middle of the night. There's a foot of snow on the ground. There's they're showing up in house slippers and and uh, and pajama pants. You know, coming out to help save their neighbor's house or whatever the call would be and same thing goes today these guys work get up at all hours of the day and night leave on bir kids birthday parties you know you're middle of a maybe a romantic dinner with your with your wife and pager goes off home and you know I got to go and help help the neighbors and you know one thing I really want to mention here guys is is you know as much effort as we put into this department um, the backbone behind the fire department is the wives and the girlfriends because they put and the kids they put up with a tremendous amount of you know us leaving in inopportune times and and missing stuff and and, uh, and worrying you know, about stuff worrying about it you know are we coming back they know we're going out to a hazmat situation or an accident we're going out the middle of a storm Oops, sorry about that uh, we had a storm back in you know in june here end of june and we had 71 calls in in about uh five hours time you know and guys are leaving their houses with uh, you know trees on the roofs trees through their roof uh, uh, limbs under cars you know and their wives are there we're coming up there you know to help help our community to keep them safe and they're putting their their family on the back burner to help our, make sure our community is safe so you know that's one thing that a lot of the you know we get a little criticized sometime you know but um, the department has the community's interest best interests at heart 100 percent of the time yep and chief, one of the, the stories that I always thought was funny is this didn't even happen that long ago, um, with our response time and, and you talking to some of our retired guys. Yeah, we. I, I'm trying to get more of our honorary retires, retired firemen, and um, since, like I said, the 1930s, we have had over about 52 guys that have attained the honorary retired fireman status. Again, that's the guys that have 15 or more years of service, and I had all. I, there are 23 of them that are still alive. Uh, thank God, and I had 21 of them up at the firehouse, and I, we were talking about getting them more involved, you know, in events and, and stuff, whatever that you know wanted to make sure they they felt welcome and part of the, part of the department yet, and uh, um, we talked tell them about some statistics and stuff, and and uh, I said yeah, from Rick Road um, north to Parkview. Uh, we have 42 members, and in that area behind the firehouse and such, we've got 22 firemen that are uh, that that live in that area. So very close proximity to the firehouse. And I said, ask him, what do you think our response time is from the time the page goes off until the uh, the first truck gets out the door? You know, well, four minutes, five minutes, whatever. And I said, it's two. I ran a report last year. It's two minutes and 20 seconds. And so they're, oh, that's fantastic, you know. And so about uh. Five minutes later, as I'm sitting there, our pager goes off, and Joe Metter, one of our honorary retired firemen, he's sitting right next to me, and I seen his eyes go up to the clock, and I thought, <laughs> we're on the clock. <laughs> okay, okay, boys, don't fail me now, you know. And so uh, we're sitting there, and I'm talking to him, and 
1914, our first out truck going route. And Joe goes, I'll be goddamn. He said, two minutes and 40 seconds. Yeah. He said, that's, that's phenomenal. You know, but it's just a, they said it's a testament to the dedication that these guys have. I mean, because just to put all your gear on properly in, in school, we had to do it in less than a minute. So that's yeah. a minute of putting your stuff on. So that's a minute and 30 yeah. seconds of leaving your house, telling your wife goodbye, driving to the firehouse, running and getting your stuff. Leave, I mean, it, it it's fast. It's, it's quick. I mean, the guys there, you know, we always, we always joke, some of us got, I live exactly one mile from the firehouse, and I joke, but I mean, I'm lucky to make the third truck sometimes, you know. <laughs> I, I joke, you know, these, these guys listen to pagers, they have their scanner, their, their pager on scan, listen to different scanners and stuff, and, and some of them, I swear, they sleep at the firehouse to get the trucks out quick. So. <laughs> and, and people listening might not realize how big of a deal that is, but how fast can a fire get away? In one extra minute. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, it's with today's building materials, with, you know, the furniture, with whatever, you know, draperies and stuff. I mean, I mean, tragedy can go, to can happen in the blink of an eye. You know, it's even, even you know, you're going out to, and Colin, you know this from being on the EMS side of the world, um, every second counts. You yeah. know, getting yeah, get that person sure. in the vehicle, getting them out, you got that, you got that, that that hour time frame you always say you know to, to 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 get somebody out and get them to the hospital and i mean every second and every every minute every second we can we can shave off it it benefits where we're going and helping people out yeah now i know you you you'd mentioned uh guys take off when their pagers go off but another signal for us is the sirens in town and i know that sometimes is a, is a hot topic in town yeah i mean we got there's there are five sirens located around columbia um, strategically around Columbia, and they uh, they blow different tones and stuff. Um, on the city's website, um, I'm not exactly sure what the link is out there, but if you go to city uh, ColumbiaIllinois.com, you can uh, probably search for sirens out there, and, and it'll, it'll it'll pull it up. But um, there are three different tones or sirens that you will hear in Columbia. Um, you'll hear if we have inclement weather and there's a tornado coming. Uh, they'll blow the, the, the tornado siren, and the tornado siren is a three-minute long solid siren. It'll, it'll start out, it'll go up, and it'll reach that solid tone, and it'll blow for three minutes, three minutes in length, and then it'll end. Um, they do test that the first Tuesday uh, of the month, usually, at 10 o'clock. Um, and then there are also, um, for our fire alarm uh, that we have, when a fire goes off, uh, the whistle will blow. And it'll be four what they call whales. It'll be an up and down uh, sounding of the siren um, to, to signify uh, there's a fire call out there. And then there is also, um, per FEMA uh, guidelines or something, it's for in case of a, a uh, air attack or, or, or attack on our country, uh, they have a, a, it's, it's, a, it's a different type of whale. And they, if you go, like I said, if you go out to the city's website, ColumbiaIllinois.com, and search for sirens, they have each each tone out there, and you can play them. You can actually play the file on your computer, and it tells you what the uh, what the uh, what what you know what to expect if you hear if you hear the sirens. Um, in the past, um, never had the we didn't have the pagers, so um, had had the sirens way back. Um, used to be, I think, two. Two blows of the siren was a city fire. Three blows of the siren up and down was a rural fire, and then of course you had the tornado siren. So uh, um, a lot has changed in them. But it, like I said, go to Columbia's website; you can find all about those. But stress the importance of that siren. Um, I mean, 
if you don't have your pager on you, if, if I'm outside cutting grass and, and I don't have my pager on me, I mean, that I have learned of hundreds of fires just from from the, the siren. I mean, it it, yeah. it's, it has multiple purposes, right? Yeah, it, def- definitely. I mean, it's, we use our pager. Of course, that's our, our primary means of, of, uh, of uh, um, notification for when we have a fire. Um, we also have something called Active 911. It, it's on our phones where we get a we get a text or a, an alert on our phone um, in case if there's an emergency. But uh, a classic example is the storm that came through um, in June again. Um, most of the town is knocked out of power, and our pagers only have a capability of the batteries die after about 10 to 12 hours. So. If you don't have power at your house, you can't charge your pagers. So we actually had four firemen that, that spent the night at the firehouse that night in case we had a call. All the officers stayed at home, you know, went home and, and had their radios on all night listening to them in case, you know, something, uh, something happened. Um, but, yeah, if you can't charge your pager, you're not going to get your page. If you're out cutting grass, a lot of times you don't hear it. If, if you, you know, so the fire sirens are an, an integral part of our notification system. And it's also useful for the community to kind of be aware, hey, watch out for either fire trucks or firemen with their blue lights coming just right. to kind of just to kind of get a heads up. Yeah, yeah, we're like I said, we're different than police EMS. Police are police are on the streets twenty four by seven. You know, they're patrolling, doing a great job out there. Um, EMS, they're staffed twenty four by seven up at the up at the uh, uh, EMS. There, we're all on the same side at, on Main Street. Um, but the fire department, we got to come from our homes, come from wherever we're at, um, to 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 get to the firehouse, take the take the, the correct equipment out. So, yeah, I mean, it's a warning to the citizens, to those out on the street. You know, we got a lot of people walking up and down, you know, going out for walks and getting, you know, uh, Main Street and their subdivisions, kids out playing. It it gives them a notification, say, hey, watch out, we might you might have emergency people coming through here and such. Yeah, Chief, I want I want to talk about another real hot topic that's going on right now and, and that's the new boat that we got i'm sure you've seen it you've had people talk to you um, i've seen it on facebook i've had people ask me like hey you guys got this nice boat that's cool but how much is that costing me you know why do you need that why you already had a boat why do you need a bigger one well a little bit of history about the boats that we've had in columbia we had uh unfortunate incident back in 2003 where a uh, Young, young man lost his life. He drowned in Mississippi. And we had some citizens of our Columbia came to our us and said, hey, we'd like to donate money for you guys to get a boat. Because like I said, we went out that day. We used Lure Brothers. Uh, again, let us use their boats out there that they had in the water. Um, and we had gotten uh, an 18-foot uh, River John boat, uh, 115 horse engine on it. And uh, it, it worked, but was it ideal? No. Safe? I mean... The river can, it, depending on the rivers coming up or going down, whatever the case may be, there's a lot of trash and garbage and trees and LP tanks and you name it, it's floating in the river. Um, so we were very fortunate. Uh, Madison Fire Department had a boat um, that they uh, were not utilizing. Um, Steve Doyle and KCR, Steve's are my captain in charge of technical rescue, and Casey's my uh, uh, first assistant chief in charge of our training. Uh, they started a conversation with uh, the chief up there, and uh, this went back all the way to last, I think, June or July. Uh, really started taking steam, um, picking up steam, I should say, uh, back in uh, uh, April time frame, I guess it was. 
uh, started talking with our district about possibly getting us a boat. It's a it's a 38 foot uh, uh, boat from a company called Lake Assault up in Wisconsin. Built it. It's actually built to, to go on the lake, Great Lakes, and the rivers and such. Um, it uh, so they talked to them and and uh, many hours of talking with FEMA because they got it on a FEMA grant um, and how we could take take ownership of it or use it down here on the river to help help down here and take our smaller boat off the river. Um, like I said, numerous phone calls, numerous letters, numerous talks with, with various politicians and such, and finally we were able to work out uh, uh, an intergovernmental agreement with the city of Madison that they still own the boat, but we're in charge of all operational, all maintenance, all training on it uh, down here. So we have it down here. It is, it is located down at Lures, Lures Boat Dock. Um, again, they're doing a fantastic job of helping us with it. It was, <laughs> I was uh, telling some people today is, I guess you call it the pucker effect because we had to lift the boat <laughs> off the trailer with one of Lure's big cranes and put it in the water. And I videotaped it, but watching, watching it going up in the air, I'm just praying that, 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 you know, it was going to go in the water safe, which it did. Everything worked out fantastic, but it's a great asset to our department. And it, it is, it, this boat brand new, is about $650,000, and it cost our district zero dollars to bring that down here and, and to use it. Um, it cost, a, well, I shouldn't, shouldn't say zero, it cost us about $300 to relabel it um, with uh, Columbia, our, 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 our name on it and our, and our, our, our emblems and such. Um, the name of the boat is called the Carol Sioux, um, and it was named after the Madison uh, mayors, uh, his his wife had passed away from cancer, I believe, and it's named after her. And I believe their daughter lives in in Columbia or someplace. So uh, we will always keep it as the Carol Sue. But uh, it is a great asset to our department. It's got twin 250 horse engines on the back of it. It's got an enclosed cab. Um, it has a deck gun on it. We can actually uh, take our Gator on there, our 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 side by side four wheeler, if we need to. Um, it has night vision. It has uh, FLIR cameras where we can see during at night. Um, actually, it has lights that we can light up the whole scene at the middle at night if we'd have to. Uh, but it is just a great asset to our department. And and again, Lure Brothers helping us store it down there and and and, and keeping keeping tabs of it far down is, is critical. And we're on the river. We protect about 15 miles of the Mississippi River, and uh, from. You know, going north of the JB Bridge for for two miles, and then 13 miles south. Um, but we we handle a lot of incidents out there. Um, we're on the river probably 10 or 12 times a year, whether yeah. it be vehicles or boats on fire, stranded boats out there, um, people up on the JB Bridge, you know, having thoughts about uh, suicide or stuff. And we've actually had people in the river where their boats capsized, and we've helped, helped you know. Had to, had to get them out after they drowned and such. But, um, I mean, it, it's just a tremendous ad. It helps us, gives us a, a, a safer place to work than the boat we had before. You know, great part is you talk about those twin 250s on there in a bigger boat. I mean, correct me on these numbers, but we can now get to the JB Bridge in roughly five minutes, whereas before it was roughly about 40 or so. Yeah. Um, if we, The problem with our smaller boat was that if – Depending on the water level, we didn't have a ramp to put it in. Sometimes we would we would take it across the JB Bridge and go down Telegraph to to uh, flam a boat dock, which is down Telegraph, and put it there. Come into Merrimack, and that all that all waste time, you know, especially as when you're trying to go out and help someone. Um, so uh, yeah, this boat here, 
if if we had if we couldn't put our other boat in the water, we'd have to take one. We'd take one of two lures uh, tugboats, and they don't exactly. It's not exactly a speedboat out there, <laughs> um, and you're going up river. Um, so yeah, it would take us about 40, 45 minutes just to get from Lure's boat dock up to the, the base of the bridge. And with this one here, we can do it between five and six minutes. It's, it's definitely, you know, like, again, we get back to those precious seconds and precious minutes. So. And, and that smaller boat on the river, like you were saying, with the refrigerators and the logs, I mean, it, it was a crapshoot on, on getting up there at all. I mean, it was scary. Yeah. I went on a couple up the river, and uh, it this boat uh, is a completely different feeling. Yeah, people just, people understand all the stuff that, that comes down this river, especially, you know, when, when we get the rains, heavy rains and, and uh, the river to pair and all these other uh, tributaries that come that come into the river, uh, into the Mississippi. I mean, it's just, whatever you could think fl could float, it's floating down the river with tires and like you said, LP tanks that people have discarded and, and trees, you know, huge trees at that. And a lot of times the problem with the trees is, you know, it's like an iceberg. The majority of it is under the, under the water. You don't even see the big chunk of it. You might yeah. see a limb float sticking out, but, the, you know, you hit it with a prop and, and or go over the top of it, and, and you definitely got it's, it's, it's it, it can be pretty uh, pretty crazy out there at times. Yeah. Well, Chief, you, you had mentioned, you know, some of the fundraisers that we, we do earlier. Um, we actually have a fundraiser coming up here. Uh, what what is that all about? Why are we doing it? And you know, talk a little bit about what all of our fundraisers go towards. Okay. Well, just uh, next Friday, uh, or just Friday the 29th, uh, we have a fundraiser, the Women's Club in, in Columbia, and we thank them. They're helping us put together a Glow Bingo. If you've never done Glow Bingo, it is a fantastic. Uh, we did one back in January. Uh, it's a fantastic event, crazy event. Um, they actually turn the lights down and everything glows. They got black lights in there and play music, and we've got uh, uh, silent auction items you can you can come bid on and such. Uh, but it's a uh, it's 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 a really really good time. Um, hope hope we get some people a lot of people come out and turn out. Um, this is our second one we've done. Like I said the first one we did ourselves. The women's club helped sponsor this one. Um, it'll go into into our help us uh, you know. Do our scholarship fund and help us with with a different different uh, uh, fundraisers or different I guess charitable things that we like to do um, um, in the past. Um, we've had crazy bowls, which uh, anybody done in there? I mean, it goes as as the word says. They're they're pretty crazy. You, you bowl out of buckets. You bowl blindfolded. You bowl back bowl back backwards. I mean, it's it's a uh, you bowl with your legs strapped to your partner. I mean, it's it's some crazy stuff. Um, we have our fish fries, of course. Our fourth, our our Good Friday fish fry has been going on since as long as I can remember. I've been around the firehouse uh, since I was since I was about three years old. My dad was a fireman uh, for 27 years, and I grew up around the firehouse. And they've had fish fries for as long as I can remember. Um, we've had uh, um, we've raised money through uh, used to do the old Newsboys Day in Columbia. Uh, Post Dispatch had an old Newsboys Day. We'd be out on the, on the street corners down by the Lutheran Church of Bottom Avenue, uh, selling newspapers. Um, we've done donkey basketball games, um, and uh, that, that that that's always a, that's always a treat um, because they always usually put the smallest guy on the biggest donkey and the biggest guy on the smallest donkey, <laughs> and it gets it's pretty pretty comical. They haven't done one of those for a number of years in time, but we have done those in the past. Played basketball games against the faculty at the at the school. 
which yeah. got kind of heated. <laughs> TJ, he played in that one. Yeah. And uh, even though even though we we usually come out and short in, it's 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 all for a good cause. And and uh, um, that that's the thing about it. I mean, they're, all the fundraisers we do and the time and effort, they're all for good causes. Our scholarship program, we collect money up on Main Street. We used to for uh, for muscular dystrophy, and I know Rich Dreher, uh God rest his soul. He had passed away this past uh, spring. He was a uh, he was a volunteer fireman for 62 years with our department, and and that was one of his uh, his uh, things he loved to do was was muscular dystrophy and collecting money for Jerry's kids, and and he loved going over to their their uh, on their their events and, and presenting a check and stuff. So um, you know, just so many so many different events, and we're constantly thinking of new ways because I know some people get bored with with some of the fundraisers that are out there. We try not ask the, the citizens, uh, you know, businesses too much because uh, I know they get inundated with, with requests for uh, different uh, organizations always wanting money. So we're trying to help support ourselves and help support the community also. But not only does a lot of that money go to our scholarship and things like that, but, I mean, it's not cheap to run a fire department. No. Our... Uh, I said our fire department, our district, uh, the four, five members up there, they did a great job. Um, you know, collecting the tax money, um, trucks, equipment, um, all that stuff has changed so much in the years. Uh, a truck back in the in the 1940s, you know, one of the one of the trucks they had bought cost about $3,500. You know, today. Uh, we're, we're looking at, at replacing our second out truck. Our first out pumper was just replaced uh, uh, two years ago, and that truck was $800,000. Uh, we got a truck coming up here, uh, that we're, our second out truck uh, pumper, uh, going to be re replacing that in uh, probably 2027, and uh, they're expecting that to be about $950,000. But uh, even the gear that the guys wear, the air bottles, the I mean, yeah. there's so many things that probably... Your average Joe doesn't think about it. it. It's there's a lot to it. Average set of turnout gear for a fireman. And turnout gear is the is what we wear to go in. You know that the protective clothes we put on. You got helmets, boots, gloves, uh, bunker pants, jacket. Uh, you're talking thirty five hundred dollars a fire a set for a fireman, or between thirty five hundred and four thousand dollars. And how long do those uh, last? Probably last about three to four years. I mean, with the number of calls we're running, when I became a a chief in, in 99, we were running just a little bit under 100 calls a year. Uh, this year we're on a pace for about 570 calls. So, I mean, as calls go up, um, you know, guys doing their training, I mean, it's not only the calls that wear equipment out, but the guys doing their training. They're good, getting out there doing, doing you, know, you know, we're doing uh, search and rescue, you know, training at the firehouse or in abandoned houses. You know, you're on your knees, you're crawling. I mean, it just it just takes a toll on the, on, on the equipment that we wear. And, and it, it, you have to, it has to get replaced more often than what it did in the past. Yeah, and so one other thing that we do fundraise for, which actually our last fundraiser, our last Glow Bingo, went towards was the Appy Fund. What, what is that all? We had a fireman, um, great friend of mine. Um, his son, like I said, uh, Casey is uh, my first assistant chief. Um, Casey, uh, Craig passed away from cancer, and we his. Uh, uh, wife as widow um, decided money that we had we had raised to help them with medical bills that they would start what we call the Appy Fund, and uh, it's a fund that we have within our within our general fund at the fire department where we 
we uh, help firemen uh, both on our department. We've, we've helped police officers with it. Uh, we had a couple of them that uh, had cancer in the last few years. We've held uh, mouse races for them and was very blessed with the community to give them a very sizable uh, donation uh, and help them out with medical bills and expenses and stuff. But it's to help firemen. Um, it's sort of like our version of backstoppers, I guess you could call it, where uh, we help uh, any fireman that, that, that has medical bills that are piling up that we do our help, you know, do our best to help him, help make him whole and, and uh, knowing that, knowing that the fire department's behind him and helping with his, uh, with his bills and such. Now, mentioning Craig and Casey, uh, we have numerous sets of fathers and sons that, uh, you know, yourself included. How cool yeah. is that to see some of these yeah. guys grow up and then, uh, you know, you look in a, in a, in a fire and in a house and, and you look to your right and there's, you know, a guy that you've known since birth. I've, I've had, I mean, like I said, I've been on since 442 years and I've seen a, uh, a lot of guys come and go. Um, I said my dad was a fireman, my uncle, uh, Shu was a fireman, his son Scott was a fireman, both of those were officers in the department. Um, Steve Conrad, um, his, his son, uh, Jake, we call him RJ, or Rail Jr., um, I actually coached him in, in baseball. And, and when he was when he was younger, um, it's sort of neat to see the kids grow up and and become a, a fireman. Jake Dorman's the same way. I coached him in soccer when he was in junior high, and now he's a fireman, and you know, fighting side by side with me. So that's a neat neat aspect of it. But yeah, we have a, a number of, of firemen uh, that their dads or their uncles, and I mean I've got two nephews, Colin, my nephew, and Ryan. Uh, uh, Makes me proud to, to serve with them. I mean, they're doing a great job. Is that how you got on? I was wondering. <laughs> I was wondering. I had no idea. I was it, wondering. It was partially that night to pay everybody else off. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, is, that is a neat, neat aspect. You know, it's a, we're a great brotherhood up there, a lot of camaraderie. Um, but, uh, you know, we have, you have the relatives there. But, I mean, just a great group of guys, the, the camaraderie, the brotherhood, the uh, to, to knowing that, you know, guys that are completely off the street. I'm sure, TJ, you mentioned this before, you and Colin, uh, who is this Colin guy? You yeah, know, when you came on, you know, yeah. and, you, and you got, <laughs> here you got podcasts going on, your best friends, you know, you, you, you pump that iron together, I know, you know, work out. So, well, I'm, I'm going to stop you there, Chief. I'm his best friend. I look at him as an acquaintance. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, I mean, you go to a fireman's wedding, and it's crazy. I mean, these yeah. – some of these guys probably went to school together and stuff, but it is 42 of the closest guys that you'll you'll ever see. Yeah. It's it's amazing. And, you know, it's, it's neat, you know, when you, when we go to our training and our school and stuff, you meet guys from other departments, and uh, you, you form a relationship with them. So we've got a great relationship with the, the Melstots, the Waterloos, the Dupos, you know, Valmar, Mason, you know, all our mutual aid departments. And, you know, a lot of those things start when we go to – Go to our training. You get to know these guys and say, "Hey, I'm from Columbia. I'm from Melstot, You know, and and uh, next thing you know, you're playing softball together, or you're, you know, you're in their wedding, or you're going to a wedding. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it, it it the camaraderie goes further in our department. Even it goes goes beyond in other departments also. Yeah. So. Well, t- Chief, before we get into some interesting or funny calls that you've had in your uh, extensive experience, uh, TJ, let's hear from our last sponsor. Sorry, Mike, you have to put up with, oh, our, you're fine. with our grab ass. Um, our third sponsor of today is uh, Booth's Booby Barn, uh, beautiful downtown Columbia, Illinois. Um, 
Come watch our giant TVs. We show multiple sports. Watch out for Sherry. She has genital warts. Um, our girls dance to all types of music, from country to rap. Watch out for that Sherry. She's got the clap. Our kitchen serves a variety of pizza, from sausage to cheese. Watch out for Sherry. It burns when she pees. And our giant bar has anything from vodka to beer. Why in the hell does Sherry still work here? So come on down to Booth's Booby Barn in beautiful downtown Columbia, Illinois. He's probably going to kill me for that. Oh, or Sherry. <laughs> yeah, or she will. Oh, my, my. Okay, sorry. Back to the interview. <laughs> All right, Chief. So tell me about some of, you know, let's break it up. Let, uh, let's go some of the biggest calls that you've been a part of. Biggest calls that I've been part of, well, even before I became a fireman, I mean, you had a Turner Hall fire in Columbia, um, where the Metter Park is up in that area. That's where the Turner Hall used to be, and it was an all wooden structure. And I think it was back in the uh, early 1960s or middle 1960s that that burned to the ground, and then they built the existing Turner Hall where it's at now. Uh, we had a distillery fire, and I remember being in eighth grade um, and uh, watching it out the window. Uh, Distillery fire up on Main Street across from Reif Schneider's um, uh, was fully involved. I mean, and, and at that time, the Columbia fire firemen they, they handled that entire incident all by themselves. I didn't think they called any any mutual aid in for that. Um, had the Bluffside uh, Tavern fire back in the late 70s up off of uh, Triple Lakes Road. Again, a fully wooden structure, and it um, it, it 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 burned significantly. Um, we've had. Uh, uh, the middle school fire um, uh, burned the gymnasium down, um, started uh, underneath the stage, a fully wooden stage, uh, started underneath there, electrical is what the, what the inspectors were saying, had numerous fire departments here, Waterloo and Melstadt and Dupo, uh, Cokia, um, and Melville came across the, the river with their 100-foot platform and helped us out, um, uh, but that, that was a, a huge fire. Um, Residential-wise, uh, uh, the Joe Capias fire a number of years ago, and unfortunately his, uh, uh, his mother-in-law perished in that fire. But, um, you know, they always say that lightning doesn't strike twice, so we had a huge storm came through that night. And um, they, have a, they have a weather service, and I think it's in Texas someplace, that goes out and monitors wind and hail and lightning and all these different, all these different forces of Mother Nature. And... And they had sent a report up, and, it, and their house had got struck twice within three seconds of each other. And it's pretty much in the exact same spot. So they always say lightning doesn't strike twice. Well, um, that, uh, that was a significant fire. We had, I think, about 10 or 12 mutual aid departments up there helping us. Uh, shuttle water that night uh, was up there for probably, I guess, 8 or 10 hours until uh, we finally got everything. It was a humongous house, 12,000-square-foot house. Got it extinguished. So... Uh, we've had a, a fair number of very large fires in our community, and um, you know we have our neighboring departments that help us out with those huge fires. So, yeah, I mean that Capias. I mean that was something else. I mean, <clears throat> I mean I remember, I don't remember if it was you or somebody else, but you mentioned that hey, this is a once in a generation fire. I mean, you are never going to see a residential fire that big ever again well, let's hope we don't <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, let's hope fingers I mean, crossed here yeah i mean it was when we when we left the firehouse i was driving the command vehicle up there and and when i got to the water tower i looked up and the water tower up on 
by Columbia Lakes, and and uh, you could see the glow from there. I mean, you get to the top of uh, Mule Road, and it, it's it's two o'clock in the morning, and it's like daylight because the the fire was was burning so so hot, and and uh, was just unbelievable the amount of fire we had up there tonight. I figure, just just in my mind, after it we pumped out of the swimming pool in the back for for five or six hours with a portable pump. We had tankers shuttling and uh, just doing a little bit of math of each truck, you know, hauled X number of gallons. They put, and I figured we put about 160,000 gallons of water on that fire that night. I mean, it was just unbelievable the amount of fire we had up yeah. there. I mean, that son of a gun was hot. I mean, I remember standing in the back door with two of the Waterloo guys with the two and a half. And when you're looking at, and basically from the inside, and there's nothing there, and the, their I-beams were just warped and melted. I mean, it yeah. was wild. Yeah, same thing, like I said, in, in the middle school fire that we had in 2003. I mean, it, it would it would take, you're talking 12 to 14, 16-inch I-beams, and it just twists them like you're taking a piece of licorice and twisting it type thing. You know, it's just unbelievable how the amount of heat just bends and and uh, what it can do on, 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 on steel and even concrete. I mean, the concrete... Whatever moisture's in it, it's just blowing the concrete to, to bits, you know, because um, it, it's boiling, boiling the, whatever water's left in it is completely out of it. So, so yeah, you know, it was, it was, you know, you, you, don't, you don't forget those fires. I mean, it's just, it's just, you well, know, you hope and pray it never happens again. So, I'm kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier. Do you think that those kinds of fires and the accidents and some of the things that we see as a group kind of adds to the camaraderie i mean you know that you know what the guy standing next to you has seen or been through and things like that i mean i th i think that adds a lot to it also yeah, definitely like i said it goes back to the wives and girlfriends too because they can tell when we come home and we're upset you know we've been to a bad call we've been to an accident where where uh, you know somebody's perished in it or something or or a structure fire is this here when a person you know my wife can tell when i walk in the door you know, just what how my face looks, you know, and, you know, they're there to console us and ask questions, and, you know, the worst thing we can do is keep it in, you know, and my wife does great with helping me, uh, you know, talk about it and such, you know, she's, she is inquisitive as there, she is, and I love her to death, <laughs> uh, but, she, yeah, she, uh, she, she, uh, she tries and get it, gets it out of me, and I said, you know, it's just, like you said, TJ, that's the, that's what brings the camaraderie because we've been through. It's like a, it's like Dustin talking about being over in, in, in you know, in the wars and stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. this is our wars here that we're fighting, type thing. And especially living in such a small town. I mean, many accidents. We know the people. Yeah. You know, and the bad ones. Unfortunately. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, one I mean, of the things, one of the things I look at, if we have an accident. First thing I pull up on the scene, I look at the license plate. Do I know the license plate? And, and you know, then I look at the car. You know, right. it's like, you know, my sister-in-law. Uh, two months before I get in the fire fire department, she was in a bad accident and 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 hit the windshield and had had scars on her face. They had a number of surgeries and stuff. But you know, um, you know, you always pray that it's not that relative of yours, but it's somebody relative that's in that right. car. You know, you're there. You know, you just got to do your best to to sort of sort of have blinders off, but you right. got to look at the big picture also and and do your best to. For what to help that person first thing i do is i get on my life 360 and see where my kids are that's yep. the first thing if i hear yep. an accident that's the very first thing i do is see where the kids are well, i i do that i mean i you know my daughter lives in in, in waterloo now and and when my kids were home and going to school here and the pager go off and you know 
I'm, I'm driving up to Firehouse. I know you shouldn't talk on your phone when you're driving, but I'll, I'll be driving up there on my phone. Where are you at? Where are you at? You know, type thing, you know. And, you know, luckily I've never had to deal with them being an accident, but um, that's, that's one of the things that always goes through your mind, you know, wh where's my family at, you know, type thing. Yeah. Chief, you talk about some memorable calls, and obviously we can't talk about some of the calls that, <laughs> you know, we, we really want to um, that really stick with us and some wild stuff and funny stuff that we've seen, but what are some just stuff that you're never going to forget, something, some outrageous things that you have seen? When my kids were smaller, my wife and I, the kids, we were over at uh, Old Navy in South County. And my wife's in trying some clothes on, and I'm standing there with my two sons, and my daughter's looking at clothes. And Pager goes off, and it says, Attention, Columbia Fire Department, ropes and ladders needed to get a deer out of a tree. And I looked at my youngest son, and I said, Go, in, go get your mom. i got to see this one. <laughs> so it was, it was down off of Harris Lane, uh, down off of, on Bluff Road. And for whatever reason... Um, we get on scene, and, and the news channel is news people are already there, and they've got a camera set up, and the county deputies there, and uh, um, it's the deer is probably about three or four hundred feet down from where we are, and it's up and up and up a bluff, up in the bluff, and it's 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 in a tree about fifteen feet up in the air, go caught caught in the V of a tree, and. Uh, they said, I said, can I look at what you're seeing in your camera? And th this camera was zoomed in so much, it was like I was looking at my hand two inches away from my face. That's how they could zoom in on it. So we, uh, as when all the trucks got there, we, we hiked our way up, up, to, up, to, up to it. And it was, it was about a 10-point buck. And it, it was up on top of the bluffs. And I don't know if dogs or coyotes or something was chasing it. And it, it jumped off the bluff at the top and fell about... Know, 30 40 feet I guess and came down and landed in the fork of this tree and its back legs were I mean it was still alive uh, the back legs are kicking and uh, Mike Harris uh, vet out of uh, veterinarian out of Melstot they called him out he got there in about a half hour's time and tranquilized it and then we had to take chainsaws and cut the tree away and and bring it down and uh, uh, brought it down behind one of the sheds out, out there at the one residence and they gave it some uh, some uh, medicine they said it wasn't hurt that bad but I, I don't know if it survived or not but <laughs> one thing you don't expect is a deer up you know, 15 feet up in a tree especially <laughs> a 10 point buck no. I mean, we've had dogs in sinkholes or had to go down uh, and, and, and rappel down and get those out of there we've had of course the cats in the trees and mm -hmm. exotic birds in the trees and and we we just had one here about a month ago we got called out on a Tuesday night up uh, up off of uh, M Station Road, a uh, lady said her cat's been up in a tree for, for three days, and, and it keeps going up further and further. They had a tree trimming guy come out with his truck, and he couldn't reach it. So we go out there. There was six of us went out there. The other guys were, were off doing some training. It was on Tuesday. We're up at the firehouse. And, and so we get out there, and how are we going to get this cat out of this tree? I mean, the lady, she's just beside herself, you know. Uh, cat's a year and a half, two years old, and... She said, it's her everything, she's, she's a widow. And so I said, well, let's get the extension ladder. And so we put the, the longest ladder we have up there, a 35-foot ladder, we put it up, and Jake Conrad, one of our firemen, goes up the ladder, and he's trying to prod it out with a, with, with a long pipe pole that we have. And uh, Jim Brochures says, hey, why don't we see if she's got a sheet, and we'll see if, if it falls, we'll catch it in the sheet. And I'm going, yeah, like, that's really going to work, you know. <laughs> So uh, she goes in and gets a queen-size sheet. She comes out, and, 
and Jake, it, it probably keeps going further, further out on a limb and such. And and finally, Jake said, "Man, my arms are dead. I've been up there for 15 minutes. I can't." So I said, "Let me up there." So I, I climb up the ladder and and uh, took the pole and and hit the limb about three or four times. And and uh, I'll be gosh darn, the thing lost its footing and fell right in the middle of that 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 sheet. They, the guys on all four corners caught it, folded the sheet up, handed it to the lady, and she took it in the house. You know, she, <laughs> it's just it's just crazy stuff. I mean, we've we've actually had. Uh, dogs and fires, where we, where guys have actually given them, given them uh, oxygen and brought them around before, uh, and I think the EMS actually has masks uh, for doing that now. But we just had a normal oxygen mask and stuff. Um, Those are for Collins dates. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, here we go. Not necessarily filled with oxygen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, I mean, th there's so many calls, um, just crazy stuff that. That, that you think about out there, you know, in the past, you know, that, that you know, yeah, you know, you want to go out and do the best you can or trucks going to get stuck. Yes, trucks are going to get stuck. And I will give, you know, you look at different fire departments for, for what help they're going to give you. And if you need somebody to find water for you, you call Melstot. Because, you know, Melstot is going to put a truck wherever it takes, <laughs> in a lake, in a creek, to a pool, whatever. They're going to get you water. Waterloo, they're going to come up, and they're going to fight their butts off in that fire with you. Um, Camp Jackson's a great department. for they, they have so many structure fires up there. They're smoke eaters. They'll go in and get it. Uh, Dupo and Cahokia and Prairie du Pont, um, they come down and help us with whatever we need. It's just like, um, yeah, it's just um, we've had... You know, unfortunately, people, not funny, but people, you know, that have decided to take their lives, you've got to fish them out of the, out of the, you know, fish, or bring them out of the river and, uh, um, you know, get them to the, the corner down there and stuff. Those are, those are bad calls, but, um, you know, a lot of different, we've had a lot of crazy calls through the years, and the animal ones are usually the, the, the craziest ones because you never know what, what you're going to get with them. You're going to get scratched, you're going to get clawed, you're going to get bit, a bird going to attack you, you know. You just never know. We did have a structure fire one time across from our old firehouse on Main Street. And it was a little residence. It's where a Kinder College sits now. And it wasn't a very big house. It was probably 1,000, 1,200 square feet or so. And it pretty much gutted the house. And we're in doing salvage and overhaul. And there was a, there was a, 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 a glass, like a fish terrarium, fish tank in there. But they had a tarantula in there. I mean, this house is roasted. I mean, the inside, so much smoke damage, and that tarantula is still crawling around and they're alive. It's like, how did this thing survive, you know? But, you know, the animal ones are just the craziest ones when you get, when you get those ones. We've had a cat in a, in a manhole at a sewer out in uh, Briar Lake, and, uh, um, you know, usually you put food out, they'll come out and get it. But this thing, he kept running from manhole to manhole, and I think we ran about three or four blocks trying to chase this thing and finally, finally got him out of there, but... Um, you know, we try our best to do what we can with the with the animals. Sometimes they don't doesn't turn out the best, but we get the majority of them out of there. Yeah. Well, Chief, before we finish up here, you know, we, we talked about how it's not just us, it's our family as well. And I want to give a little shout-out to your family, to first off your son, Nick, who helped us design our bourbon bottle whenever we did those uh, last December. And then also your daughter, Ashley, who... We have exciting news coming up. We're making merchandise, making shirts, sweatshirts, and uh, koozies. And your daughter's 
the one I, doing that. I got, I got the privilege of taking your mug shots on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so we, we haven't seen anything yet. Um, I, I've gotten some text messages from from Nick and Ashley, and they're excited about it, so I'm a little nervous to see them, yeah, but uh, I'm, I'm excited. I told him to make TJ as buff as he could. That's right. You're going to need a lot of artwork. <laughs> yep. Make him over four foot, please. <laughs> well, Chief, do you have any closing remarks? Yeah, just, you know, to the public, I mean, as trivial as something would seem to you guys, you know, don't hesitate to call us. I mean, that's what we're there for, 24 by 7. You know, as trivial as trivial as something might be, like I said, it can, you know, fun can turn to tragedy in the blink of an eye. We've had calls where, you know, they call us out and they, well, we got a smell of smoke out here, and you know, we had a smell of smoke one night out at out at out at uh, Fountain Gap off of Bluff Road, and we get out there and turn the corner, and the flames are shooting 20 feet out the top of the roof. You know, so no call is is an ordinary call because I mean, as, as ordinary as it might turn think it is. You just never know what it's what you're going to do until until the situation is completely completely resolved. So, don't hesitate to call us. We're there. That's what you what's what your taxpayers for. Another little funny funny story for you. We were up at a roll firehouse and and uh, was standing up there one day and and uh, the dispatcher <laughs> dispatcher says, "Hey, I got a, a farmer on the on the phone here, and he says uh, he wants to know how much it costs to bring the fire truck out to his house." I said, "It doesn't cost nothing." And she said, well, sir, it doesn't cost nothing. That's why you pay your tax. He said, good, send them all my hog house on fire. <laughs> so that's what you pay your taxes for, you know, real estate taxes. And we're there to help, you know, whatever, you know, as best we can to help the community with whatever they need. Yeah, so. it, it's hard to believe how many times we come to somebody's house and they'll say, oh, I'm so sorry to call you about this. And if something in your gut tells you that something's wrong, Definitely. chances are there's something. If it's not, it's not a big deal. Definitely. We'll run it. If you've got a smell of gas, we'll take our meters in there. And anytime we go out on a gas call, Ameren's going to get called anyway, you know. So they're going to come out and double check what, what we have out there. So, it, you know, it's always that better safe than sorry mentality, you know. Get get it checked out, just like going to the doctor. Get it checked out and make sure everything's good and move on with your day. And if anybody ever wants to see what it's about, I mean, like you said, every Tuesday night, the first Tuesday of the month, we eat. But other than that, uh, uh, we have our meeting and we eat. But uh, come you know, up, come, come up, up and, and visit us, talk to us, ask them, ask us what we're doing. We'll love to show you the equipment and truck. We got some, you know, we got some of the finest equipment in around the area. Uh, we're very blessed, you know, with the with our district supplying us with everything. And um, uh, another piece that we didn't talk about here was the drone. I mean, we we have we have we have two drones. Our main drone is. Uh, we take it out. It's got night vision on it, and uh, I mean, we'd love to love to show you that that it's a it's a hit with the kids. But we help police with that for searching with lost people, with tracking down criminals. We help them. We helped them catch uh, uh, some individuals that broke into Weber Chevrolet a couple weeks ago. Um, found them in the woods just north of it, or one of the gentlemen. Um, so yeah, come up to the firehouse anytime you want uh, Tuesday night, and we'll be happy to show you whatever all the equipment and. Get the kids for a ride, possibly if we if we got time, and and uh, show you what show what we're all about. And uh, how about the uh, the Explorer program? You want to talk about oh, that yeah, at all? That's a great one, Colin. You're in charge of that one. Yeah. So we we just started uh, Explorer program this last year. Um, anybody that's in high school from 16 and up, um, and you live within Columbia, mm. come up. You can join our Explorer program. Um, anybody that is a freshman and up. You can come join the EMS side, and we do both. It's a combined uh, explorer. You get to do basically what we're doing. Um, you get your own set of gear. You get to do your own training, train with us. Um, it's 
pretty much just like what we do, just a, a smaller, more controlled environment of it. Um, they can't get into a house fire or anything like that? No, but. no, nothing like that. Um, you can go into our training burns uh, in, in a controlled environment, and we keep a very, very strong watchful eye on, uh, make sure that nothing goes awry. Um, but we'd love to have you up, and we're accepting people at any time. So if you're 16 and up, come out and come see what it's all about. I will say, I mean, Colin and and a couple others are in charge of training Wes and, and Timber, uh, but they've done a great job with it. They've uh, the three individuals we have a, have a come up. We have two males and a female, and they're they're phenomenal. They're go getters. Um, they bust their tails up there and and want to learn. And we hope there's other people out there who want to do the same. All right, Mike. Well, can't thank you enough for joining us tonight. Uh, yep. Hopefully the thank, uh, you. thank the, you for having me here. Yeah, that was fun. Yep. Hopefully the. Uh, Citizens learned a little bit uh, about uh, the fire department. Colin, anything? Nope, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. I look real good today. 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 Jumping up that mother Bentley. Rolling in a Casanova Lenses. Walking with a pocket full of Benjis.